This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to Post Pitch, a bi-weekly podcast that dives a little deeper into an article published in this week's print issue of the Georgetown Voice. Today, I am interviewing our writer, Manasi Chintamani, to learn more about Prince Harry's new book, Spare. Please enjoy. So to start off, let's talk about the release of the book. Days before the official release, parts of the books were leaked, and the press jumped on eye-catching anecdotes like Harry's account of a physical altercation with his brother William. How did the leaks affect the rollout and reception of the book? Yeah, so the book was actually released early in Spain, and then it was sort of translated and like dissected and disseminated all over the world. Um, and so it was kind of interesting, could form like a meta narrative because the book obviously talks a lot about how like tabloids sensationalize and overanalyze and like overfixate on things and like invade people's privacy and like strip their control over their own narratives. But then with the release of the book, especially due to the leak, we watched that happening in real time. Um, so I think the main consequence is that people really focused on like the most newsy, like juicy sounding stories, like Will and Harry having a fight or like Harry doing shrooms at Courtney Cox's house and she plays Monica and Friends um, or like Harry going to detail about the various parts of his body that got frostbite um, during a trek to the North Pole. Um, so while these stories are obviously like real things that he did choose to write about, I felt like they sort of overshadowed like the most compelling and like important parts of the memoir. And I think some of those were like him talking about his like relationship with grief starting at age 12 when he lost his mother or even him talking some of the advocacy work that he's done over the course of his life because I think to give him some credit he really does sound invested in the causes that he cares about but then even from a more critical lens I think like the press focus on like those like juicy details sort of overlooked like the more critical things that this book misses like how he doesn't really meaningfully engage with any broader arguments about racism and the monarchy as a whole um so yeah yeah um, and then tabloids and followers of the royals eagerly anticipated new juicy details about Harry's life, as well as his fallout with his family. Does the book actually drop any bombshells or revelations? And if so, what was the most surprising? So overall, I would say that if you're looking for bombshells, this book is probably going to be disappointing. Um, it doesn't really add that much to the narrative. Um, and I think part of that is because the narrative has already been so covered. Like, they've done an Oprah interview, like, a 60 Minutes interview, a whole Netflix docuseries. Like, they've really talked about this in, like, such detail that there's really nothing left to add at this point. Um, but I will say, like, add some new things about, like, the exact, like, play-by-play of how he sort of got estranged from his family. So, like, things about, like, his relationship with Will or, like, specifics about incidents between Kate and Megan. Um, but I guess, like, more importantly, what I found that it did add was, like, nuanced his portrayal of his family members. Mm-hmm. So in, like, the other past interviews that they've done, they've sort of seemed like one, one-dimensional one villains sometimes. Um, but, like, in the book, we sort of see the progression of his relationships with Will and Charles over the course of his life. Um, and so we see, like, you know, while they had these lifelong competitive dynamics, they also had some tender moments. And, like, you can see how Will and Harry did lean on each other at certain times and how Charles did try to be the best father he could at times. And so I think that was definitely really important and sort of hasn't been talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, so then kind of along with this, um, it does seem pretty clear that Harry took issue with how the press and the monarchy treated Meghan. Um, do you think that... Harry perceived problems with these institutions before Meghan? Or does he argue that Meghan's presence created or really kind of for the first time exposed new issues? Yeah, so I think in the earlier parts of the memoir that cover his life pre-Meghan, he definitely talks about some issues that he felt with the way the monarchy was structured and their relationship with the press. So one thing he talks about is how 
the royals were super competitive within the family with like who was getting the most engagements and who was sort of in public the most and having the most appearances. And he talks about how that relationship and that like competitive dynamic sort of created the super weird interdependent relationship between the monarchy and the press where members of the family would throw each other under the bus to get good press for themselves. Um, and so I think with that, he sort of talks about like at every turn of his life, the press somehow managed to like intrude and like invade his privacy or control his narrative or like influence his decisions. And I think even as readers, like the way it's, the story's told, even we sort of experience that like fatigue of the constant press like involvement in his life. And so I think like he talks about those issues at great length. But at some level, I also think that hindsight is twenty twenty, and he obviously wrote this book looking back at his life before. So it's tough to know how much of this was kind of revisionist history where like now in writing this book, he's trying to create like a lifelong narrative that like readers can latch onto. Um, and so, and the one thing I will say is that he loves the phrase unconscious bias. <laughs> and so I think in his mind, Megan and like the backlash to her presence in the family exposed his own unconscious biases, which I think is like an honest sort of depiction of his life that like maybe he was actually very shielded and like oblivious to a lot of like the racism and stuff like that that existed in the institution. But ultimately, I think he sort of fails to engage with what that can mean more broadly. So I think ultimately it's tough to say if he really saw racism in the institution before, but I think it's clear that he definitely had issues with the press before. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Harry has definitely had, you know, notable public controversies and scandals throughout his life before Meghan. Um, How does he address these incidents and to what extent does he actually take accountability for them? Yeah, so I think two of the most notable incidents that he talks about are the time that he wore a Nazi costume, or he dressed up as a like, Nazi soldier to go to a party, and the time that he was caught on camera during his time in the military using a slur to describe Pakistani people. And so one thing that I was sort of disappointed by was that he kind of chalked a lot of these things up to unconscious bias, again, his like favorite buzzword, I guess. Um, and it was just disappointing because in other parts of the book, he really, his writing or like narration really shined in the fact that he was able to like empathize with his younger self and so that sort of added value because we were able to get the perspective of like his 12 year old self and his high school self and his 20 something self but in these moments when he's talking about like times that he really messed up it would have been helpful to step away from that younger self and actually offer some perspective now as like almost 40 year old Harry and at times it feels like in empathizing with his younger self he's almost justifying the things that he said and did um so he does definitely describe the actions he took to educate himself after those um, situations arose, including the time that he sat down with the rabbi to like really talk about the experience of being Jewish and the ways that he was missing out on a, a lot of anti-Semitism and like he was sort of unaware of these things. Um, but then also he like visited Berlin later to see the firsthand impact of anti-Semitism and the Nazi overall. Um, but just like on the whole, it felt like kind of a lack of accountability because at some point you are responsible for educating yourself, and it just felt like there wasn't as much of an effort towards that in the way that he portrayed those past actions. And then I also was disappointed by the fact that he didn't, he couldn't really describe any consequences that he felt um, because he, and he seems to perceive that he did experience consequences because he talks about like backlash that he got in the press, but it seems like everything kind of like died down and nothing really stuck long-term. So I just felt like it was a little bit of avoiding the actual consequences of his actions. Yeah. Um. And then, I mean, finally, uh, you do mention in your review that the book is 407 pages. <laughs> um, who do you think that this book is really intended for? And would you feel comfortable recommending it to others? 
so to be honest, it's kind of a question that I don't even think Harry could answer. Um, so in the prologue, he sort of describes what he thinks the purpose of the book is. So he talks about how after Prince Philip's funeral, he was spending some time with Will and Charles, and he realized that neither of them really understood why he left the family or like did what he did. So he argues that this book is an effort to explain to them and also the world why he took the actions that he took and made such a drastic shift away from the monarchy. But then if that's the point of this book, then what was the point of the Oprah interview, the 60 Minutes interview, the Netflix show, like the Late Show appearance? Like he's Mm -hmm. done so many of these press runs with the explicit purpose of explaining his actions. Um, Then also like to the 407 pages, I think a lot of his like main detractors are the people who like form their opinions based on like a snapshot headline that they see like at the checkout counter at the supermarket like on a tabloid. And I don't think that those people are going to be reading this book like in its full because it's so long and like a little inaccessible um and so because of that I don't think he's really changing people's minds and so I feel like he's kind of writing this book just to like remain relevant and maybe make some money Mm -hmm. disappointingly enough and then it's also not the easiest read so he wrote this book with a ghostwriter J.R. Moringer who's a pretty like famous and like acclaimed writer and also ghostwriter um, but sometimes I felt like the way that the story was told sort of got bogged down in the details and relied too heavily on, like, metaphor that felt overdone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, like, sometimes Harry doesn't really pick his battles. So he, like, the story is very much about his relationship with the press, but he kind of, like, rants about every single unfavorable press <laughs> description that he's ever gotten, mm-hmm. um, which makes it hard to, like, sort of get the point of every anecdote, which is, like, sort of, he's never really extrapolating to a broader point. Um, So I think because of that, not only is it 407 pages, but it's 407 pages of, like, very dense and not always the most interesting Mm -hmm. content to get through. So I think if you are interested in the royal family or in, like, and the Sussex's story overall, it definitely is interesting. I think that the first two parts about his childhood and time in the military do offer interesting insight. But I think overall, because the book ends kind of anticlimactically with, like, just a restatement of things that have already been said, I can't say that it's necessarily worth the read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Monacy. Um, make sure to check out the full review on the Georgetown Voice, um, either online uh, or in our print issue that came out this week. And yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you.